Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and we certainly welcome you to the program on behalf of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, as well as Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. And we invite you to come and worship with us if you're in the North Mississippi area. Both of our churches in Ackerman and in Caledonia meet on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We also have a Wednesday night meeting in Starkville, Mississippi at 6 o'clock p.m. at the New Covenant Church at 200 West Garrett Road. So we would love to meet you in person. And if you are not in our area, we would invite you to go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You can find a church that hopefully is closer to you 
and you can get it caught up on our past messages and subscribe to a podcast through various platforms. And you can also find our email address there. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to know that you're listening and know that you're out there. And if we can help you in any way, if we can answer any questions, or even if you disagree with something that we have to say on the program, we'd love to correspond with you and discuss the Word of God with you. So please email us and let us know if you listen, particularly if you have any questions. This morning, we'd like to continue our series on spiritual warfare, focusing specifically on the devices of the devil. We're told to not be ignorant of his devices, and Satan has a thousand-year-old playbook. So we can see the tactics he's used in the past, and that can better equip us to withstand the wiles of the devil here in our lives as well. So we invite you to stay tuned to the program, and we'll bring that message to you right after the song. Oh uh-huh. 
welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. We want to continue our consideration of spiritual warfare and focusing on the devices of Satan. And we're going to hit quite a few verses and quite a few high points this morning. And I believe each of these individually could be a message all by themselves. And I would encourage you as we go through this that you can maybe jot these down and study these out more in depth because we could give a full message on every single one of these devices. But for time's sake, we want to just present you these verses and then hopefully you can study these more in depth on your own and be better equipped to be aware of this, to detect the device of Satan, and then to make sure that we defend ourselves against that by the sword of the Spirit, by prayer, and by the whole armor of God. But be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant, be aware, and Again, I would encourage you to study these all on your own. There's much more to each of these than we really have time to consider together. So we'd like to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And you find, as you read in the first epistle to the Corinthians in chapter 5, that there was a man that had a very inappropriate relationship with his stepmother. And he was unrepentant of that. And the church was dealing with that in an improper way. They were becoming prideful of the way that they were being tolerant. They weren't dealing with it. It's not just that they were ignoring it. It's not that they were just putting their head in the sand. It's that they were being prideful about how tolerant they were being. Well, the Holy Spirit and Paul says, look, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. You got to deal with this to protect the integrity of the body to protect the integrity of the whole church. Now, we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 that apparently they did that, and this man responded properly to church discipline, which doesn't always happen, but in this instance, it worked properly. He was convicted. He hated to have to remove himself from the fellowship of the church, so he repented. But the problem was that they were not forgiving him after he had repented. Now, we have to always remember the purpose of church discipline is not to punish someone for the end of their life for past mistakes. The purpose of church discipline is to bring them to conviction and repentance and that it happened. So therefore, you don't need to continue to hold that against him. And he addresses this here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll jump in here in verse 9. For to this end also did I write that you might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. And if I forgive anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, we're going to consider quite a few devices this morning, but I believe that it is very important to understand that this device of unforgiveness is the exact one that this language is tied to in Scripture. So I believe this is one of the greatest devices that Satan has is unforgiveness, but not just unforgiveness in a general sense, but unforgiveness in the church, unforgiveness in the body of Christ. And he said, look, you have been forgiven from so great a debt. Think about that parable there in Matthew chapter 18, where a man has been forgiven 10,000 talents, an innumerable million dollar debt. 
But yet, he's willing to go grab someone by the throat that owes him just pennies on the dollar and throw him in prison. And the Lord in that parable says, I'm going to now chastise the one who is unforgiving. I mean, we're supposed to pray in our model prayer, right? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Are you really willing to pray that prayer? Are you willing for God to hold you as accountable as harshly as you possibly hold other people accountable and are unwilling to forgive them, particularly in the church? We're not talking about just forgiving people that cut you off in traffic or some external situation. No, we're talking about the church. And there are just years of unresolved, undiscussed many times, and undealt with offenses in the church and in the body of Christ. And I'll tell you, if you are allowing a past offense from five 10, 15, 20 plus years ago to affect your relationship with somebody today, then you are in the wrong. I don't care what the offense was. You should have went to that person and talked to them. You should have dealt with it. And if you couldn't deal with it and they would not repent, then there are appropriate steps for that. But if you are living in unforgiveness toward a brother in Christ, you have given Satan an advantage of you. And how sad it is that if Satan has an advantage of you for 20 years just because you are unforgiving towards your brother. You know, there's an old story that says that Satan is having a yard sale and he has things out up in the front. And I can't remember what all of the items were in this story. But anyway, he has some things out front that are very obvious things that he's willing to give up. But then he has something way back in the back that didn't have a price tag on it. And they're saying, well, how much are you willing to give for that? How much are you willing to take for that item? And he said, oh, no, no, that one's not for sale. And I think in the story, it says the the thing that Satan is not willing to sell in his yard sale of devices, so to say, the thing he's unwilling to sell is discouragement. And discouragement is a bad thing, isn't it? And no doubt Satan doesn't want to give that up. But I, I dare say from the way that this language is used right here, that this is the context of the language of getting an advantage of being entering of his devices. I would dare say that unforgiveness is the one tool in Satan's arsenal that he's not willing to give up. Why? Because he can destroy a church. How much unity in the church has been destroyed because he has convinced one brother or one sister to not forgive their brother in Christ? I'll tell you, that is a tremendous advantage of Satan. And we don't want to give Satan any advantage in the kingdom of God, do we? No, we don't. So the first device of Satan is clearly unforgiveness. The next device that we want to consider is pride. And obviously, this is one of the chief devices of Satan because he is characterized by pride. I mean, he was lifted up in pride as Lucifer when he rebelled against God. And he is all about pride. And this world is all about pride. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This world is all about pride. And here in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we're having the qualifications for an elder in the church. And they need to be tested. They need to not be a new convert. They need to have been proven over an extended period of time. And it gives a warning here in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them, which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. 
And I'll tell you, I've been around the block long enough that I have seen some young men that did not display a great deal of humility when they were exercising. And that lack of humility, that pride, has exhibited itself in the ministry. And that pride has caused great destruction in the kingdom of God because of their pride. And I'll tell you, none of us are immune to this. Now, this is talking about the ministry, no doubt, right? It's talking about the ministry and them being lifted up with pride and being ensnared by the devil. But there is none of us that is immune from the device of pride. It's certainly not just the ministry. Now, I'll tell you, there's a bunch of problems in the ministry. And I'm a minister, so I can talk about us. There's a lot of problems with pride in the ministry. And God needs to bless myself and many other men to repent of that. But it's not just a ministry problem. It's a people problem. It's a human problem. It's a Adam nature sin problem. Why? Because pride is one of the characteristics of this world. And what does Satan do? What does Satan do? Oh boy, Satan knows how to feed that pride, doesn't he? He tells you that you deserve more than this. He tells you that you are, in the context of the ministry, you are a great preacher. You're better than this person. You're a better preacher than this man then you need to exalt yourself. Well, no, that's the exact opposite disposition in the kingdom of God, isn't it? No, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. The greatest among you will be your servant. The greatest minister in this world is not a man that wants to elevate himself. It's that what can I do to elevate others? That's the true disposition of a gospel minister. What can I do to elevate other people? Not for me to elevate myself. Satan is the one that wants to elevate himself. And we need to be very wary of those that bring too much attention to themselves. It says somewhere in the Proverbs, let another man praise you. Don't brag on yourself. Let another man praise you, especially in the ministry. Don't be lifted up with pride. And also having a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into a approach and a snare of the devil. So if you preach great messages on Sunday, but you go out and you're dishonest in the business that you run throughout the week, then you are giving Satan an opportunity to bring reproach on you and on the church by you not living a godly life and having a good reputation in the community. Now that applies to to the ministry, certainly, but it applies to everybody, doesn't it? The ministry is not held to a different standard. Now, there are great repercussions and more specific actions that need to be taken if a minister doesn't do something, but understand, we're all held to the same standard, and that standard is Jesus Christ, okay? There's not a, a second tier of godliness. Now, we're supposed to be examples. I'm supposed to be an example, but I'm held to the exact same standard as you are, and that standard is the standard of the perfection of Jesus Christ, okay? And there is nothing that will hinder your service in the kingdom of God more than pride, and then not living a godly, wholesome life in the rest of your life that can bring a reproach upon the church. So, unforgiveness, pride, and anger. Anger. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, we're told in the model prayer that we need to pray for God to forgive us the same way we forgive other people. Now, you need to pray without ceasing. You need to pray without, you need to pray throughout your day in constant communication with God. But especially at the end of the day, you need to pray for God to forgive you and for you to forgive others. You know, there's a song that was at the back of one of the old school hymnals was, If I 
have wounded any soul today. If I have caused one foot to go astray, if I have walked in my own willful way, oh Lord, please forgive. And I'll tell you, that is a song we need to sing at the end of every day, isn't it? That's a song and a prayer we need to pray every day. Lord, if I've messed up, and you have, I guarantee you, you have, but do not go to sleep angry at any other person. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Because when you do that, when you allow an offense from yesterday to carry forward into today, you're giving place to the devil. Now, understand, there's a place for removal of fellowship. If someone acts in an ungodly way, that doesn't mean you just stick your head in the sand and you ignore it and pretend like anything never happened. No, there are responses to that. You remove fellowship. You remove a degree of closeness in the way you interact with them. But understand, you do not have a right to be perpetually angry at someone, all right? Do you want God to be perpetually angry at you? <laughs> no, he's forgiven you in the person of Jesus Christ and you can forgive other people. And does anger not lead right into unforgiveness that we talked about before, right? Some people, they get offended, they get angry, and then they don't reconcile that at the end of the day in prayer. They don't forgive it in prayer at the end of the day they ought to, and then they let it carry forward to the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And you want to know what it does over time? Rarely does it diminish. Rarely does it diminish because our nature is not to just be angry and then just keep it to ourselves. What do we do? We tell everybody else about how angry we are. We tell everybody else about how somebody has offended us. And by the way, we may not get to that today, but another device of Satan that's particularly attributed to Satan is being a busybody in other man's matters. So what happens is that we get offended, we get angry, we get mad, and why, why do we get angry sometimes? <laughs> I'll tell you, it's amazing how all this is so interconnected. Why do we get angry? Because we have many times too much pride, don't we? We have too much pride. We are offended by some little bitty thing that we should just forgive them for Christ's sake. We get angry about it. We don't pray about it and give it up. At the end of the day, the man that we ought to, it carry forward to the next day and they carry forward to the next day and we don't reconcile the man that we ought to. And next thing you know, 20 years later, you hadn't forgiven somebody for something you probably can't even remember what the problem was 20 years ago, right? <laughs> That's the kind of mess that we have in the church. And you want to know, to a large degree, where all that stems from? It stems from pride. It stems from pride. Listen, if Jesus was able to forgive you of your offense of his holy law that was worthy of an eternal judgment in hell, if Jesus was able to forgive you, why in the world would you think that you are of a higher importance to hold on to that grudge than Jesus was to you? You are putting yourself in a higher degree of prominence. There's no way that I should be offended in this way. You're putting yourself in a higher position than Jesus. It starts out with pride, then you're offended, and then, it, and then anger continues to build, and then what does that lead into? It leads into unforgiveness. I'll tell you, so many of these things are so interconnected. But we will also find that these things always spiral out of control. When Satan deceives you in one way and sin starts compounding, it always makes things worse. I mean, you know, as well as I do, that when you get angry, you say things that you don't mean. 
You say things you shouldn't say. You do things you shouldn't do. Why? Because you've lost control of your emotions. You've lost control of your faculties. You see, that's one of the problems with drunkenness. That's what it goes on to in the next chapter in Ephesians chapter 5. Don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, the problem with drunkenness of wine is that you lose control of your normal, rational functioning of your mind and of your body. Something else is influencing your body other than you submitting to the Spirit of God. And that's what happens when we get angry, isn't it? We get upset and we raise our voice and we yell and we may even throw things. No doubt, you're always going to say things that you don't mean when you get very angry. Well, what's a very good just practical way to deal with this. When you get angry, take a couple minutes to yourself and cool off before you go talk to the person you're upset with. Because I'll tell you, you're going to say things that you can't take back. And I'll tell you, there are many arrows that I've shot at other people through hasty words that I, as soon as they left my mouth, I tried to grab them and get them back. But I'll tell you, as soon as they come out, you can't ever get them back. You can't ever get them back. You can apologize and you can ask for forgiveness, but you can't ever get them back. And anger will always lead to those types of mistakes. Why? Because we lose control of the normal functioning of our emotions because we get in this elevated emotional state and Satan wants to feed that because it's going to lead to more sin. It's going to lead to more sin. We have quite a few more to consider of the devices of Satan, and we'll have to save those for next time. And I would encourage you, just be sober, be vigilant. You see, we, we need to be aware of these things because they're so easy to be enticed by. I'll tell you, pride, all of us think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. All of us get angry about little bitty things, but we need to forgive others, right? We need to act like Christ. We need to forgive others for Christ's sake and when you do that, you are walking in the footsteps of Jesus, which is what we want to do every day, right? We want to be more like Jesus every day. But Satan wants us to be the opposite, doesn't he? He wants us to be like him. He wants us to be wicked. He wants us to sin. So we need to be aware of his devices and certainly pray that the Lord will direct us and guide us in trying to serve God acceptably and being vigilant to withstand ourselves against the devices and the temptations of Satan. Uh, we certainly invite you to tune in next time, next Sunday on this program, and we're so thankful for this opportunity to share God's Word with you and share time together in fellowship in the Scriptures. May God bless you. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. 
If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of him.